Another hour of the Jim Leach Show is underway, and we are pleased to catch up with Ryan McCready of the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. We would have ordinarily talked to him last week at this time. We had to reschedule, but we uh, have Ryan here today with a lot to talk about. Ryan, always great to have you on the program. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you, Jim, for having me on. Well, since the the last time we spoke, uh, probably the biggest thing that may have uh, a a long-range impact on both our local and state economy is this green energy bill that was passed by the General Assembly and signed into law. Significant ramifications here in Springfield. It could drastically reshape the future of city water, light, and power. It also means big changes as far as the accessibility and reliability of the electrical grid, but also potentially a lot of uh, opportunities in the uh, the burgeoning green energy industry. So uh, give us your thoughts on this uh, as our, our local economic development agency. Uh, is this more challenge or opportunity for us here in Springfield? Well, you know, like a lot of things, we'll have to see what happens as uh, time goes past uh, the bill, the bill signing. Um, there's a couple different perspectives on this. Uh, Obviously, uh, the impact on city water, light, and power and on Springfield ratepayers is something that we'll have to keep a close eye on, although it sounds like there were some provisions in the final bill made to buffer a lot of that impact. Um, but another thing to think about is we, when we get uh, inquiries from uh, c- companies looking for sites around the country, more and more we're hearing that they want to know uh, the source of the electricity and they want to be able to, to procure electricity that is generated in an environmentally responsible way. So that they're starting to measure how much green energy is available in your area as far as a way to power their businesses. And, that, and that's because the owners of their businesses or the shareholders, if they're a publicly traded company, uh, it, it's becoming more important to them. So as Illinois moves, moves forward with that, we'll have to keep an eye on it. Now, the, the bottom line is, one of the key advantages to locating a business in Illinois is our low industrial electric and natural gas prices. So we'll have to remain hopeful that we can achieve this move towards uh, green energy and still keep our prices competitively so it doesn't hurt us on attraction and retention of business. One of the things that CWLP has expressed concern about with this is they say it will impact the reliability of the electric grid. When we can't necessarily uh, meet all of our own electric needs by burning coal here, uh, we can replace some of that through alternate sources, but we may have to uh, rely more on buying outside power, and then you've got to make sure the grid can withstand the, the demand for that. Uh, is that creating any uh, you know concerns, any any waves of worry out there as businesses are thinking about uh, long range relocation here in our area? Are they looking that far ahead and saying, "Will will you have the the power I need when I need it?" Well, it is an important factor for businesses to to you know they want to make sure when they make an investment. You know they they're investing for forty years. You know if they if someone's to build a enormous factory here, they would want to run that factory probably for forty years. So they're going to want to make sure that they have reliable power, reliable water, reliable sanitary sewer over that time period. So it is something that they measure. Now, you know the legislation also talked about um, the the regional power organization. So we're part of the MISO region here in Springfield in our area, but making sure that the regional power organizations are measuring that to make sure that we have the appropriate baseload capacity, too. That's something that's a key key function of that RPO. They'll be keeping an eye on that. And, you know, as time goes by, you're going to see, you know, additional 
investments in the area in green energy and new technology to hopefully uh, help to use more of that for baseload capacity because that's always the concern. What happens when it's the wind's not blowing, the sun's not out, and we need electricity? So we have to still maintain that baseload capacity. I know in your business, one of the things you're always trying to do is to get ahead of the next big trend, the next big wave. What kind of opportunities does it provide with Illinois now saying we want to be you know fully renewable, get away from carbon for our our energy needs? Uh, is yeah. there an opportunity to bring in companies that will specialize? in solar or wind or whatever the the next renewable source might be, uh, since we're centrally located here in the middle of the state, uh, does that provide an opportunity? And is that an opportunity that you're already seeing some um, some uh, play out in some way? We are starting to get, uh, you're starting to see a number of maybe battery manufacturers looking at the Midwest, including Illinois. We're starting to hear about some of those opportunities, responding to them whenever we can. Uh, that So the battery storage, I think, is going to be a big one that you're going to see coming forward. Now, as far as actual green energy developments, uh, there's a couple projects being considered in Sangamon County, one near Chatham, one down near in southwestern Sangamon County. Uh, both of those projects will be significant solar developments that you'll starting to see. That those are big dollar investments. Uh, they do not create a lot of permanent jobs, but we still have to have a workforce ready to to be able to to take care of those installations and actually to install them. Lincoln Land Community College has a program already to help with that, and, and uh, they're, they're making sure they have the programs to help with it. Uh, so, you know, it is going to open a lot of doors, um, and it's just, you know, the it's we're anticipating that to happen, but we're still waiting to see what we see start coming now that the legislation signed. It'll take a little bit of time, but uh, the, the parts are in motion. We need to figure out where they're going to land. Uh, another uh, big project that's been in the works for some time here is Emberclear, of course, is natural gas uh, as a source to to generate electricity. Uh, and, and I've been a little unclear as to how this green energy bill would impact that. Uh, ostensibly, it's supposed to uh, put some of the same limitations on natural gas as it as it has on coal. Uh, and yet uh, we, we haven't really heard that it's going to uh, in any way um, derail or, or fundamentally alter the Emberclear project. How would that be impacted by what the the legislature passed and the governor signed a few weeks back? Well, the Emberclear project is actually complementary to this new energy uh, bill legislation. So the developers of Emberclear were actually didn't have any concerns about the energy bill legislation. And the reason is because even though this will be a natural gas-fired power plant when it's constructed, um, any, sometime near or after, right after 2035, the turbines that they use to power that facility will be able to burn hydrogen. Um, so I believe the energy bill requirement was no fossil fuels or no carbon uh, emissions uh, 2045 or later, and their project is slated to start burning hydrogen before that time. Now, another opportunity for our region will be generating and being able to develop a hydrogen supply, uh, which I'm, I'm not the scientist to tell you how that works, but those things are being looked at. And so uh, even the, the U.S. Department of Energy is looking into developing hubs where hydrogen can be supplied to help uh, support these green energy initiatives. But that Emberclear development will be 1,100 megawatts of baseload capacity. So this concern we have about losing baseload capacity can very well be uh, – uh, uh, some of that can be allayed by having Emberclear up and running. And uh, the developers, Emberclear, are still moving full speed ahead, working with the EPA to get their air permits and 
they were monitoring the legislation, but the, the legislation does not slow down or impact that project at all. It actually, in fact, it actually probably helps it some. And so what's the, the timeline, the hoped-for timeline to actually have that sure. plant operational and functioning? So the Illinois EPA is finishing up a review of a draft air permit. We hope to, that'll get released soon. And so then that would allow some construction to start probably uh, in the next 12 months after that. Um, but actually, once that draft air permit's uh, released, you'll see you're likely to see some work going on at this site, uh, start prepara- preparing to develop the connections to the main transmission lines and things like that. Um, so it's not, you know, once that, that draft air permit gets released, you'll see a lot more activity there. But they're still full speed ahead. Talking with Ryan McCready of the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. And uh, Ryan, I know another big issue that uh, has impacted businesses all across our community uh, is the need for workers and uh, sometimes the difficulty in finding them. And you and the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance have been working to bridge that gap and try to bring jobs and job seekers together. Tell me about those efforts. So we've added some new tools to our website. Uh, if you go to thriveandspi.org slash work, we have a number of new tools on our website. First, uh, we have a list updated every month. Uh, we receive this from the Illinois Department of Employment Security of all the open and advertised job positions in our metropolitan area. So the Springfield MSA, which is basically Sangamon and Menard counties. We have that list out there now. It's a, it's a spreadsheet. You can search by company name or job title. But you might be surprised, right now there's over 7,000 open jobs just in the Springfield metropolitan area. It's a significant amount of jobs that are out there, and that there are jobs at all levels of organizations, too. So if you're looking for a job, maybe looking for a new career opportunity, check out that part of the website. Uh, it's going to be a really, really good tool for job seekers going forward. You know, and, and um, that, that, that number is, is pretty telling, and we've seen uh, data in the last week or so here in Springfield uh, that we had some substantial job growth uh, in the last 12 months. The unemployment rate is down, and, and yet we know that there are still businesses here and all across the region uh, that cannot fill the vacancies that they have, so it seems like sometimes real life doesn't necessarily mesh with the, with the data and the numbers. Is, is that your experience yeah. as well? It is. We did see a significant job growth from this time last year, but we're still not back to that baseline we were pre-pandemic. And so we need to get back to that pre-pandemic baseline of having people employed. Now, the reason people aren't taking jobs, there's a number of those, Jim. Um, some of them that, you know, daycare facilities aren't fully open yet. That makes it tough for people to go back to work. I think once you see some September statistics about uh, when the kids and the students went back to school, that made more parents available to work. I think you're going to see that number continuing to go up. Um, but it's just there's always some arrears in the reporting that, we're, that we'll have to wait and see what the numbers will be. It's definitely a good resource to go check out Thrive and SPI.org, and you can uh, see more about the jobs that are available and the ways that uh, our, our local public-private economic development partnership is working to try to uh, get those those two groups of employers and the uh, the, the would-be employed <laughs> together uh, for the benefit of the community. Uh, so, Ryan, one more time, how do people uh, reach out and find out more about what you're doing there at the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance? They can check us out at thriveandspi.org. They can talk to us on the phone at 217-679-3500. Please check out our social media sites, engage with us. We'd love to have you as an ally. Uh, to help to help spread the news about all the things that we have going on. Ryan McCready, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks so much for your time. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it.